This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's J-Rock's Lawn Care Gardening podcast. Here we are on episode number 72 and it is titled Interview with Will Cronin from Excelsis Gardens. So on this podcast here, as I mentioned, we through Soltex, I had a sort of a group of people that I, I spoke to f- first and foremost, basically, that was really interested coming on the podcast. And I thought that they'd be able to share a lot of different sort of ideas and in little quirks about the business or that's slightly different and I really strongly believe that Will has a great sort of setup and the things that he's done in the last little while is really interesting that I hope you find interesting as well through this podcast so just to welcome in Will how are you doing thank you very much for joining me today hey mate yeah no doing really well thank you um just straight away I want to say you know it's a real honor to uh, be on your podcast to be invited on uh, I've listened to a few of them and I think what you're doing is, yeah, absolutely amazing. You know, I've really enjoyed them. Um, even if it's something that I'm not uh, necessarily doing myself um, or looking to do in the business, I learn a lot from it. Um, so, yeah, thank you for for what you've been doing with them. Oh, that's really kind of you, Will. Thank you very much. I think it's um, getting them pushed out there and trying to make the content a little bit different. Uh or just even so that someone can take something away, you know, from sort of each podcast is kind of the main aim. So I do really appreciate that. It's really kind of you. But um, yeah, no, it's brilliant. Go, go on with this one. I just want to start off straight away and just, if you can just tell the audience here a little bit about yourself, your business, sort of what that entails and also your location that you operate from. Yeah, perfect. So, um, yeah, so I am Excelsis Gardens, a uh, sole trader. Um, I actually started my business back in 2011. Um, so I've been going for uh, coming up uh, 12 years, it must be now then, um, which is crazy, really, how that's gone. So I'm 30 years old, started after college, uh, and I've gone through a lot of changes, actually, um, which we may jump into, you know, what my business looked like when I first started uh, to where I am now. Um, but at the moment, I'm mainly focusing on hedges and topiary. Uh, so I've made that decision. I've decided this is where I want to go with it um, in that. So what I began with back in uh, 2011 was uh, all-round garden maintenance um, is what I jumped in with. Uh, funnily enough, I kind of just fell into the industry. I didn't really uh, <laughs> massively want to do it, which is always interesting. A lot of people, you know, as they grow up, um, will go, I really want to be a gardener, or I really want to do this. Uh, for me, I always enjoyed working outside, always enjoyed being outside, but it wasn't uh, a desire to make a, a lifelong career out of it. Um, so, yeah, basically, I finished school, uh, was looking at college. Uh, my life term uh, career, and that's a um, sense of what I wanted to go into, was actually a fireman. Um, so, I was looking at the fire brigade, but I thought, oh, I wonder if I can do something before I step into that. Uh, that's outdoorsy. I did like outdoors. Um, so let's have a look at what I could do. Uh, so I studied countryside management and then arboriculture. So uh, I never actually studied horticulture. 
Um, so I did those while I was on that course. There was a uh, a guy who was doing gardening work, and he said, "Oh, do you want some work?" And I thought, "Brilliant! You know, I need to earn some money." Uh, so I started working for him uh, while at college, uh, and yeah, I suddenly thought actually I quite enjoy this. Um, you know, I can earn a bit of money out of it. Uh, I wonder if I can, you know, start start the ball rolling with my own business. So he was a really nice guy. He taught me a lot. I'd always ask him questions uh, about work. You know, I immediately wanted to know uh, what different plants were, what he was doing. Paulie asked him so many questions. He was thinking, you've got, got more questions to ask me. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, what's this and what's that? Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to know as much as I could, you know, just get as much knowledge out of him as I could really. Um, so, yeah. He was very kind. Uh, I said, look, I want to start my own business. I'd like to uh, take on my own clients. So I started in a Ford Fiesta. Um, yeah, tiny little Ford Fiesta. It was one of my first cars. I thought, right, I'll just get started. Picked up a few tools and uh, began began my career in gardening at that point. Wow. Uh, he was really nice. So I didn't have to step straight into like trying to find five days a week of work. Uh, with him, I said, look, can I do four days with you and take on a day of my own uh, and then cut it down to three days, you know, two, one and two in the end. Uh, I was just doing my own thing. So that's where it all began uh, back in 2011. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. So I was doing all sorts of stuff, you know, uh, lawns, hedges, uh, leaf clearance, um, which is obviously well underway at the moment in autumn. Yeah. So a mixture of everything really uh i was even dabbling with patio washing just anything i could do i thought i just you know give it a go and uh absolutely loved it um to start with you know it's a really good uh start to my career in it but then as as time progressed um i really began to think actually what do i enjoy most out of what i'm doing and can i focus in on some key areas and you don't i mean you can do whatever you want if you want to do a bit of everything go for it you know i'm I'm always like go with what you want to do what works for you um and you can build a career out of it but for me i just thought you know i really want to focus on one area and build as much knowledge uh, as i can in that uh, and and as much experience uh, i suppose and specialize in it so for me that that was hedges and topiary uh, immediately I thought what do I love doing I love hedge cutting uh, I love topiary uh, I've always been creative so I want to um, you know work with my hands I want to make things uh, and I just love the fact you can build almost like a living sculpture yeah out of plants and shrubs um, so in that obviously that was actually quite recently I decided to take the plunge to go full-time with it um, actually only about two years ago probably I made that decision um, to just drop a lot of the other stuff uh, and go into just hedges and topiary. So, yeah, that's been a real uh, crazy journey, a uh, bit of a, a frightening step when you first take it. Yeah, I bet. Because obviously, is there enough work out there uh, for me to be able to do this full time? Um, I didn't know, you know, I was really stepping into, in one sense, a little bit of the unknown, even though I've been doing it. Uh, on certain jobs you know it wasn't full time uh, and obviously it's only through certain times of the year as well that I'm going to be at my busiest yeah so yeah I took that step and 
it's gone really well, if I'm honest, uh, much better than I thought it would go. Uh, and it all started, actually, I thought, right, I want to get some stuff out there of what I'm doing. So I had this tiny little garden. Uh, you know, it wasn't a fancy, big estate or any of this. It was a tiny little garden I was doing for this lady. Uh, one of the first gardens I ever took on. Um, and she had a little euonymus uh, shrub. And I thought, I wonder if I can clip that by hand with the shears into a nice round ball. So I spent a lot of time on it uh, that year, just really trying to get that into a nice round ball. And I put that video up on Instagram and I had a few people message me, which was really weird because uh, Instagram had never really brought in work. I'd always yeah. been using it to connect with other gardeners, connect with other people. Uh, and suddenly I had work coming in. Um, and it all started with this one tiny little shrub that I cut into a ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, or, you know, go for it. No, I was just going to say what, what, what's strange because it's just, I, I'm very much on that basis with you is that for myself, I see Instagram as more of a connecting platform. And I don't personally see, I've had people ask where I'm located and often there may be Glasgow or, you know, like four hours plus from, from where I am. And so, so it's never actually been anything more than that. So for it to start, I think that shows the power of being able to put something out, a piece of solid content, and that then starting a momentum roll, and pardon the pun there with it, but, you know, mm. getting the ball rolling with it is how it's spread that way. Because have you found that's carried on? Is that been something you've seen more and more of people through the likes of Instagram getting in touch? Yeah, I have now. Actually, probably the majority of my work comes through, uh, well, it's word of mouth, probably the majority, but a big chunk will come through Instagram, All right, well. which is very interesting. So I'm, I'm based on the South Coast, um, West Sussex. Um, so I'm right opposite end to you, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I actually travel a lot for work. So because I'm kind of going into a niche market, or want to specialise in one thing, the topiary. Um, with that, there is obviously limited amounts that are very close. Yeah. Um, there is obviously stuff there, but I'll often have people message me from different parts of the UK and I get to travel now for work, which is obviously a whole new thing when it comes to the whole uh, quoting and you know figuring out diary if I'm going to be traveling away for times uh, for work. Yeah, absolutely. So there's all, all new things that I had to learn learn and growing um but yeah instagram uh, there seems to be a lot of people out there that love love hedges and topiary you know it's a, a funny one really yeah um, but there is, there is people on there yeah which is really cool no absolutely now if we just rewind a little bit to where <laughs> so when you when you first got started and you set up and by the way what i think is a great thing to do you know dipping your hand in all these different services like it, mm. it really at least then gives you a 360 of this is kind of everything in our realm of what we might touch on. But, you know, I do enjoy this bit more and I, or I, I, I kind of hate when it comes to the pressure washing days or however that might be. Like, did you find with that, that was like an instant, this just feels a lot better. Or did you enjoy, let's say the first, what would have it been the first 10 years ish? of um of just general gardening or nine years ish like yeah so I, I i definitely did enjoy that first um 
you know that first stage of my career yeah but so, then yeah go for it so. so just doing that little bit of everything you it's not like you disliked this whole thing of you know it's just that you had this overwhelming sort of i really enjoy that and that's something that i would what i'm getting at is it was quite an obvious sign for you do you would you say that that's something you wanted to specialize in yeah definitely i think uh for me to be honest, I can look back even when I was a kid and I can think I always loved making things with my hands. Yeah. Um, I've always been quite hands-on. Uh, dad, dad did building work as well. And, you know, I used to always help him as a little kid, you know, redo the house or knock down walls. And, um, you know, to the point where he'd hand me a saw and I'd think it was a hammer, you know, I'd want to use a <laughs> hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I was always hands-on. Always, I've always really enjoyed uh, being creative. Uh, even at school, I did art uh, instead of PE. Which a lot okay. of my friends thought, you know, why why do you want to do that when you could do it like, uh, outdoors and sporting? And I thought, I just really like uh, the artistic side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see it right back from when I was a, a young boy, I guess. I can see there was something in me that really enjoyed doing that kind of thing. Yeah, and you can do that in in other areas. But for me, the second I saw hedges or topiary as something I could create uh, an art form out of, I thought, yeah, that's very much in my character uh, and just who I am as a person. So, so how so how did this switch? How how did it actually work? Like when you decided that you're going to drop all these other services, what what I'm guessing to go, you know, the best part of nine years in prior to deciding to make this change you know you're doing you're doing well you know your business is going well it's solid enough you know how at that point do you go right you know what did that conversation look like where you turned around the other half or whatever it might be where you went look i i I need to niche down like this just doesn't feel like this is 100 percent anymore like I, i feel like i should be facing this direction was that a, mm, was it a hard yeah. thing to do? You know, at that point. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm I'm married. Um, at that point, we're talking about uh, wanting to start a family. So there's a lot of things that you think, you know, is this the right time to make a step that may not work? Yeah. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. I had had those kind of thoughts, those feelings of, oh, is this the right thing to do? Is this going to work well? Um, but just in me, I just thought, you know what? I really believe this is. Uh, what I want to do, um, and I believe I can uh, really focus on it and build a career specialising in hedges and topiary. Yeah. And obviously there was then that, how am I going to make those steps? For me, every time we get to uh, Christmas time, I take some time off um, when Christmas comes uh, through to the beginning of January. Uh, one, to spend time with family, obviously. Um, but also that beginning part of January, I'll spend a lot of time planning the year ahead. Uh, so I want a strategy of how am I going to make those next steps for what I see as my plans for this year coming. Yeah. So I took that time to look at, okay, how am I going to get into this place where I'm specialising in hedges and topiary? Obviously, one thing was I focused on that that ball just to show I can can do stuff uh, by hand with the shears uh, on that one um, but also I did some voluntary work uh, for a guy um, had some beautiful uh, Nuraki cloud 
Filaria. Oh, right. And I thought, you know, I can, uh, I said, look, I don't want any money. I just want to be able to clip them, spend time for me to learn. Um, but also that I could then, you know, can I take pictures of it? Can I use that as, as a, you know, so I can put out there and he said, yeah, you know, you do the work, you can then, you know, use that. So I did that as well uh, in that. And then obviously I needed to look at what work I had, what jobs I wanted to drop, how many days a week I wanted to drop. Um, obviously my ideal thing at that time was actually to find someone I could pass the work on to rather than just, um, it all basically exactly um honestly that didn't happen um i think uh i wanted again waiting for the right person i was like ah oh. i want someone <laughs> i can pass it on to and then it got to the point where i thought you know i'm just gonna gonna take this step so i had a chat with them i did three days a week to start i said look i'm gonna drop three days a week of work so i picked the jobs that it felt right for me to to end that season um so i had a chat with them and said look this is going to be the last uh, season that I'll be doing this work um, I did that and then uh, three days a week free really after that to plan plan getting topiary work in uh, oh. the good thing is by, by doing it a, a year in advance and saying you know this this season is my last season I had time during that season to take on topiary work and book in uh, for the following year ready right okay so I could already begin to fill up the diary and think oh yeah there is work there you know I can um, fill it and it filled up really quick you know once I'd done that that work and some of these pieces and spent time on it and got some footage out there of what I was doing um, people began to, to contact me and the ball began rolling really uh, yeah which was really nice that's awesome so what does it look like with I mean Topri is not something I actually I, I would love to take my hand to it Genuinely, I have not seen much of it around my area. You know, it's not something that I often see in and around my gardens, to be honest. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that may buy a buxus from from the garden centre or from the front of Tesco. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, it's nothing to be able to do anything with, really. Um, so mm -hmm. when when it came to when it came to taking that sort of step forward there into taking on these jobs and booking that year ahead how does that sort of look then you know do you find that you do a few visits per client annually or is it sort of one-offs annually or how, how does that sort of work for booking ahead or just even the yeah, yeah. no very good question because i think topiary is something that um you know you may dabble little bits in on courses but it's not really something that's heavily focused on if i'm yeah. honest i find um, and as you said, it's a bit of a niche thing anyway. You don't see it um, in every garden. I mean, topiary in one sense is creating a shape um, out of a plant. You know, it doesn't have to be a specific thing. I tend to not yeah. actually do uh, like animals in that sense. I know yeah. a lot of people like uh, all sorts of animals. I'm I'm more into um, what we call like clouds or free form. Yeah. Uh, topiary is more what I like or a nice ball or uh, a pyramid or a cone uh, yeah. that kind of so yeah what does it look like it's um yeah very interesting career to take really uh, it's something that I always encourage people uh, to give it a go you know a lot of people say oh how can I um, do topiary or step into it and I say pick up a shear pick up a pair of shears and just have a go you know so for me it's it's uh, I do a lot of my work by hand 
uh, I do use hedge trimmers, um, especially battery hedge trimmers now, I think are, you know, I, I love them. They're so nice Yeah. to use. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's my personal point of view. I love the fact there's no fumes, the vibrations are, are down, um, no mixing of the fuel. I can just push the button and go. Uh, that side of it, it just makes it more enjoyable to use. But uh, ultimately, I'll try and clip by hand if it's possible. Some Some projects are too big. Yeah. Um, for me to justify saying, you know, I'll do this whole thing by hand because it's going to take me uh, days, weeks, or, or even months it could take, you know, if I'm clipping just by hand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were speaking about you had a very large one, didn't you? Um, Mm. now, now you don't need name where it was or anything, but wasn't that something like a five day? Am I right in saying that was a week long or a two week long job? Yeah. So 10 days um, of just just topiary and hedges uh, and it'll probably be 12 days um, we're looking at next year they're constantly developing uh, the garden Awesome. um, they, they, I'm sure they're always saying that they're called a place in the garden um, I'd recommend people actually to check them out they use their garden as a show garden uh, for the products they make um, so they're called a place in the garden you can get pots and different things from them uh, a lovely company but yeah it's full of topiary Uh, and a real nice variety of, of plants and shrubs there as well. But obviously that is a long, long time of clipping uh, and hedge cutting. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, so I mean, one the first thing I sort of think of when it comes to hedges is that if I'm on a hedge for you know twelve man hours sort of thing, then I'm feeling that by the end of I mean even by the end of day one, if I do a full day's worth, I Yeah. you Mm. know especially when it's overhead, you know it's it's very it's very hard not to feel it. Uh, how how do you kind of get through the the ten days? Do you find it a bit easier on the body? You know, clipping or Or mixing it with machinery, is that a bit easier on the body? yeah it's uh i mean I, I feel very blessed anyway you know I, I do hear a lot of people who um you know do have bad backs or pick up injuries and knocks and, and things uh if i'm honest i've never had a problem with my back um etc so i do feel incredibly blessed that i'm in a place where i don't suffer with these injuries Yeah. but obviously i do need to be protective that i don't um pick an injury up because obviously if i did pick an injury up uh like that i wouldn't be able to to work you know we're so reliant on being able to keep going uh Yeah. physically um so yeah you do feel it definitely uh i think my body's kind of adjusted to just getting used to 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 the tools and the, the movement obviously it is nice to mix between hand clipping uh and also uh, hedge trimming Yeah. uh, with the machines uh the hand clipping It's an interesting one. So what I say is when I say pick up a shears and have a go, uh, pick up a pair of shears and have a go, is uh, first you want to, you know, really feel uh, the pair of shears, where's the balance, um, just get used to holding them. Uh, and then people try and clip really fast, like a really quick clipping speed, uh, which you do want to have a nice uh, clipping speed. But if you go so fast, you end up, you know, all over the place, really. So it's just finding a nice steady... rhythm that's comfortable to you and then i use my my right hand as kind of doing the the back and forth movement of the shears Yeah. Okay. and i use my left left hand uh to glide over the plant in the shape i want um that's kind of more how i do it 
Uh, and I find again doing that, it's it's not too strenuous on the body. It is a repetitive movement. So it's making sure uh, you have breaks. Um, you can get shears, obviously, with uh, little rubber stoppers if you want, and things that are going to obviously get rid of that that shock on your wrists. Yeah. Um, so different things like that, and then uh, obviously mixing it up. You're not constantly uh, wearing away at one one part of the body at once. Uh, it, it I find sounds, it really helpful. Sounds like a a lot more of a therapeutic service to be fair mm-hmm. it sounds like you know there is jobs within our industry where it's very much like sort of in and out or you know i hate to use a word but you can hack down things you know if it's like a rough area or you know and, and it can sometimes be about speed more than you know what you what you're actually doing I mean, obviously, we're all out there to do a, a fantastic job and uh, get a five-star review from the client. You know, we all want to do well by our clients. But it, it just sounds like mm-hmm. with something like Topri, it is so much more about, you know, just sort of being there and taking your time over that job. And, you know, mm-hmm. perfection just kind of comes to my mind is that every bit of Topri that I've seen, and, you know, I've seen a lot of your work from what you've put on Instagram, and it's fantastic. You know, um, the chances are that people would have already came across your page, what we'll actually speak about very shortly. But, you know, when you see your type of the work that you provide, it is very clean, crisp, and you can tell it's not a rush in and out job, right? You've got to be patient with, with that type of shirt service, surely. Yeah, definitely. Patience is absolutely key. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for the kind words as well, Sam. No, no worries. But, uh, no, it is. I think you have to take your time. Um, and if I, if you rush with things, you're just going to, it's so easy to clip a chunk out or get it wrong or, um, you know, and then suddenly the whole plant's just, just out of shape. You know, you're going to chuck something out. Uh, so take your time, always move around the plants, take time to step back and look at it. Uh, and the way I see it, so um, you don't do that many visits. It depends what you're clipping. So with like Buxus, which is probably the most common one uh, that I, I clip, uh, it's twice a year maximum i recommend uh you could clip up to say four times a year but then it's not really the the, the best health wise for the plant i find if you're constantly clipping it yeah uh, twice twice a year works really well um you know it looks nice you get the lovely fresh lime green growth uh, as well which i actually really like when that fresh growth comes through yeah um as well so you get the time to see that and then before it gets uh, out of shape you know you give it give it another mm-hmm. clip so because you're not doing it that much i think the customer's going to be looking at that plant or, or their garden you know they're going to be looking at it uh, for a long time before you come again yeah um, or even you know when we do these winter tidy ups of things um, you know for people in the green industry you know that that customer is going to sit there and look out of their garden over the winter months and they want it to look really nice yeah you know it's really important that we spend time on it because yeah i just think i think from their point of view i think you know they're going to want to look out and think oh that looks lovely you know i really like the look of that and if i rush it um you know steamroll it through it can be um you know it's a clip in may and then come back in september you know it's quite a lot of time fair few months where they're going to be looking at it going oh that doesn't you know that's been rushed or that doesn't look very nice yeah, no, um, abso- absolutely. Um, right, so if we just go over to a quick ad break here, and then when we come back, I've got a few questions actually for you about boxes. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back in just a moment. 
This episode is brought to you by Total Loan. Total Loan provides scientifically engineered loan care products to homeowners, hobbyists and loan care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Loan products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Loan put quality above anything else when they're producing their loan feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best loan possible. Try Total Loan today at totalloan.co.uk and use code JROCKLOANCARE at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Loan are so confident in their products that you can use them on your loan and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totalloan.co.uk and transform your loan. Welcome back everyone. So, just going on from what we were saying there then Will, one thing that worries me slightly is that i've seen a lot more talk mainly on books this year about the disease that we're sort of seeing that they're getting hit by more and more often is that anything that you're sort of seeing through your clients or that you see around any of the gardens at all uh unfortunately 100 percent uh definitely seeing it uh we're in a very interesting place with buxus um anyway i think I'm leaning more towards the side of we need to protect uh, a lot of the buxus that we already have. Yeah. Um, and if we're going to plant a load more, because um, people love it in designs, people love planting buxus, uh, people need to be aware of the, the management plan that needs to take place to, to keep that plant healthy. Um, so there's, there's quite a few different pests and diseases uh, that we can get. Uh, I think with plants in general, the thing with pests and diseases is they're always developing. Yeah. You know, I always find there's something new can come in or, um, you know, things can get imported into the country and then suddenly we have a problem. Um, there's probably two main ones um, I would touch on, and that's blight uh, and also um, the box moth uh, caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, or box moth. You know, and those two are a real issue. Um, I don't know if you'd be seeing the caterpillar uh, problem up north. It's mainly hit down south uh, okay. of the UK and been working its way up the country. Um, so, I've, as I said, I've travelled a bit for work. Uh, I've gone up sort of up, up towards Cheshire, Man- Manchester way uh, for work. And the further north I go, the less of a problem I find that one. Okay. Um, both, both of those are an issue. Uh, both are treatable. Um, so let's start with blight. Let's say blight uh, is obviously a big issue. Um, our climate's changing, um, and it's it's unfortunately becoming a problem as things are getting hotter and damper. Uh, blight is is beginning to spread on on box plants uh, quite rapidly, really. So, one, if you don't have blight in your garden, there's a good chance um, you know you're going to be able to prevent it becoming a problem. Okay. Um, but if you start to bring new plants in, uh, they may carry blight and you can't see it yet. Uh, and then generally it will show in September is when you're going to see it at its worst. Uh, and blight is then going to be, you know, a real issue uh, for you because it can can spread very easily through the wind, um, through clipping, etc. You can, you know, drag it onto other plants. Um, so if it's an issue, there's there's a few things you can do. One, obviously, you need to treat it. Um, with a fungal spray um, is the best way you're going to treat it. Uh, and again, I'd call in um, different professionals for that. 
um, because you're going to need licensing for the the stuff that's going to be strong enough to actually, you know, really treat it. Um, yeah. You can get stuff in garden centres, but uh, it's just not not strong enough to to do the job I've found. Okay, because um, that's one all... thing I was actually going to ask you about. It was is is that a service that you've thought about actually taking on? You know, being qualified in and offering out at some point. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, plant health is way up there. What I want to do, you know, what I love actually sometimes it's, it sounds like if I see a plant that's unhealthy, uh, you know, I become like a, a little uh, investigator. I go in and I think, right, what's the issue? Yeah, um, you know, I want to find out why is that plant, you know, reacting the way it is. Why isn't that plant healthy? Um, and then what is the the solution um, to be able to to get that back to its healthiest and to its best? Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a few things. It's definitely something I'd, I want to step into more. Um, there's some treatments and things I do do currently, um, but I would like to uh, grow that um, in terms of uh, more on the blight treatment side of it. Yeah. Uh, Etc. Um, but yeah, so there's a few things I'd recommend. So if you've got got box in your garden or you're you're managing a garden uh, with boxes. Um, Buxus box. Uh, then there's a few things I'd recommend. One is making sure whatever you're cutting it with is sterile. Um, you know, make sure you sterilize it um, as best as you can. What I do is, so when I'm clipping, you'll often see in my videos or posts, uh, I've got a little metal bucket filled with water, um, but it also has a cap of bleach in there. Okay. A small cap, and that will just disinfect my shears. So constantly when I'm clipping, I'll dip my shears in the bucket and then I'll keep clipping a section, uh, dip my shears in the bucket and keep clipping a se section again. And that way I'm going to keep disinfecting. So if there is blight and I haven't seen it, uh, I'm not going to clip through it uh, and then suddenly drag it through the whole plant. Yeah. Um, and you can do the same with your hedge cutters. You know, you can uh, put it in a tiny little spray bottle and just, just spray your, your hedge cutter blades every now and then it's just going to help you prevent dragging it through and obviously if you can see active blight um, so you're looking for uh, a slight blackening of the leaves uh, often underneath the leaf you'll see the the little fungal spores as well if you see anything like that a real darkening of your your box leaves uh, clip that bit last you know or uh, mm -hmm. um, you know obviously once you've treated it um, you don't want to be cutting through that first and then cutting the rest of your plant um, because most likely is you're going to make it a bigger issue than it was before okay um, so that's one thing you can do also trying to get a nice airflow so it doesn't sit in sort of mild damp uh, hot conditions um, to try and make sure your plant's got as best airflow as it can get uh, make sure if you're cutting box you know your blades are really sharp uh, anything with hedges um, you see such a difference when you cut something with, with sharp blades to when they're blunt. Absolutely. Um, so that's a uh, yeah one of the big things I'd recommend is is make sure your your tools are razor sharp. You know, get them as sharp as you can, um, and make sure you make time to to keep them sharp. So when I'm clipping, I'll, I'll sharpen my my shears every day. Okay. You know, it takes um, maybe a couple of minutes to to run over them all. Uh, and it just keeps an edge. You know, if I leave it for longer, then obviously it's going to take me longer to sharpen. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I can stop lunch break, just run over the shears of a wet stone, 
um, and clean them up, uh, and then I can keep flipping again. Um, and again, sharp sharp blade, you're less likely to get disease in your plant. You're not going to tear the leaf. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're tearing the leaf, it's going to be harder for that that leaf to heal uh, and seal up. Um, so obviously, if you need leave a nice clean cut, that plant's going to seal up really quickly, uh, and it's less likely to to pick up pick up diseases as well. Absolutely. Uh, with the sharpening stone there, because I mean, and not everyone may use shears, but I mean, every gardener should have a, a set of secateurs with them. Now, mm. so I, I use one of their Nowaki ones. Is, is that sort? Do you stick with a certain brand or a certain type at all? Yeah, Nowaki. That's what I use as well yeah. um, for the whetstone, uh, sharpening stone. Um, Okatsune, again, very good. I find Japanese. Uh, tools are always just very well made yeah uh, in general so they're a good one to go for um so yeah if you want to you know start out in it for the first time or you want to grow in it whatever it may be yeah um i'd always recommend those two brands as a good place to look uh, there is other brands out there as well um you know you don't have to go for those two but they're two that uh, i personally use so i could say um you know i've had really good experience with it and it's... those tools you know, no, I was yeah. just going to say that. Is, is there a while you're speaking about chopping them? There is there a certain grit that you tend to sort of have as your your main main whetstone? I think it's a thousand grit is the one that I use. What is their mid range, um, mid mid range type whetstone? Yeah, so I use the same one thousand oh, grit. Okay. Um, yeah. That's that's generally your best one to go for. So you can get different different grits if you want to spend a lot of time on them but yeah. generally for your day sharpening that will uh work really Do well the they've got a ni- nice curve as well for your your secateurs so you can keep um the angle right as well when you see the whetstone yeah yeah absolutely a good shot with that one there um i think with it's such a key point because with when you're talking about hedges and you know the maintenance of it's very easy to to with your kit to just go right that's it used end of end of hedge season or whatever I, i'll now sharpen sharpen the trimmers now i'll be first to say it you can notice a clear difference right when mm. when you're using a blunt tool or not blunt but even if it's on its way towards that that sort of end of the scale is there now that you're sharpening your uh shares sort of daily is there any advice that you could give to people with the hedge trimmer side of things? How often? I mean, obviously, it depends on how much you're using them. But for mm. the maintenance, is it something that you go off for just feel purely? Or is it something that you kind of go, right, you know, every six weeks, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down with my tools and I'm sorting them out. Is there anything you sort of stick to? Yeah, probably generally I'm sort of, <laughs> depends what I've been cutting, but probably once a month I'm I'm just running over them quickly. Yeah, uh, and also trying to keep them clean, you know, um, so they're not sticky or uh, you know building up sap residue mm-hmm. on there. But as you said, it completely depends on how how many times you're trimming, what you're cutting. Um, you know, some things you can cut cut one hedge if it's really rough, woody plant. You're going to blunt in your your hedge cutter, um, you know, way quicker than if you're just taking off light growth. So yeah, you'll get a feel for it. Um, what you'll find is, you know, if it's not not sharp, also you'll find you almost 
having to put a bit of effort to pull your hedge trimmer through. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you get to that stage, you're going, right, this is definitely something <laughs> wrong here. Um, yeah, you're right. Just cut cleanly. Um, so, yeah, it depend, depends how long, how, how often you, you trim, um, what you're cutting. But, yeah, you want to always be looking at it, at it and making time in your your diary and your business to make sure you've got time to be able to, to do the maintenance. You'll, you'll, you'll see a benefit from it. I think you'll be more efficient. Um, the jobs will be quicker. Uh, in general, I find when they're sharp because it's just it's just cutting cleanly um, and quickly. You know, if it's a blunt hedge cutter, it's going to take me longer to cut the hedge because I'm having to go back and forth over it a bit or yeah, um, it's just going through as quick. So there's lots of benefits by taking that time out um, and then you can, you know, really step forward uh, and go from there. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Well. I, I always find it, especially with sort of your beaches, you know, if it comes mm-hmm. to any sort of partial hedge reduction, it it's one of them that I'll, I'll always make sure they're shopping prior. And then quite often, if it's been a bit of a brutal one where it's chewed, a, you know, a good bit, then that's it. It gets, it gets just a quick run over afterwards, just in case there's any sort of bird ends or anything like that just so it's good to go for the next one. But I think maintenance, yeah. like what you're saying there, is a key part. It's very much a – it's unpaid hours, really, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. – you know, no one's paying you to sit in your, your shed or your garage or, you know, in your living room and sharpen up tools or whatnot. So, But it's something that's absolutely essential, I think, with any bit of equipment that people own is to keep on top of them, you know, especially when it's – like you say, it's, it's going to make them more efficient and it's going to – and I think almost more importantly as well than than efficiency is it's just going to look better at the end. You know, exactly, yeah. the outcome is going to be so much better by it. Is yeah, there, definitely. Is there any hedge or shrub that is your most favorite to trim? Yeah, that's a good question. I like, I love the variety of different things. I like stuff with smaller leaf just because I find I can get a tighter, yeah. tighter finish. So obviously Buxus... Um, we've mentioned would would have to be uh, my favourite. I would say Buxus, just because there's nothing really out there like it. So people are looking at alternatives. Yeah, uh, bring in, but I'm yet to see something that's as soft and you know light light growth as as Buxus. Um, obviously, Ilex Crenata is something they've brought in, but it's just slightly woodier. Yeah. Uh, so Buxus, I love you as well. You hedges can be a yeah done beautifully you can do all sorts of you you can have a really formal uh lovely straight hedge or you can create these uh, lovely you know free form um hedges as well where you just follow you know what does the plant want to do uh, mm-hmm. and i'm going with that rather than trying to force, force it, into it. A shape that I want. yeah absolutely so, no you, you yeah, see definitely. you see quite a lot of it i think with you you is it's something i don't tend to see much of as a full you know, a dividing borderline hedge up where I am. Although, there, the, you know, there are them, I do pass them. But when it comes through for, let's say, the jobs that kind of hit my doorstep, it, it does mm. seem to be one of the fewer types. You know, I'm usually pushed more towards the standard sort of conifer variety, um, yeah. rivets or, or beach. Beach seems really common, I think. Mm. Especially more people are creating some form of um, mulch or compost out of out in the gardens themselves now you know obviously beach does that pretty brilliantly with yeah. deciduous leaves so being a deciduous tree sorry 
so that people are actually keeping them. So I, I do see a lot of beach. But one thing I've noticed with with Buxus is it seems to be very popular for the new housing developers as well. I don't know if you've got any of them sort of by you. You know, that seems to line a lot of driveways and border a lot of gardens. It seems to be sort yeah. of the choice that they go with up in the north of Scotland here. Definitely. Yeah, it's very interesting because uh, I'm in a little village um, down down here. And recently there's been masses of housing uh, going on um, around the village. And I found it really interesting. Topiary, um, and they said Buxus, um, but they've got all sorts, you know, spirals, uh, cloud form, um, planting and trees. Uh, it seems to be really growing um, in new things that are being built and designed. Yeah. Um, and these are just new housing uh, developments. But I am seeing masses of it. Uh, as I said, I love it. Um, the issue I would find is more, is there a management plan in place to mm. um, obviously keep that healthy? And, and the box moth uh, itself is the one that I I see as more of like, right, we need to have a management plan in place. Otherwise, this is going to cause an even bigger issue for others. Yeah, Because uh, all it's going to do is attract more moth more caterpillar they're going to multiply uh and then spread out even further yeah so yeah for me that's something that i think well i love seeing it uh, and I, I i mean i love love topiary and all of these hedges and different plants and formal planting that they're doing but you know is there a management plan in place to to really protect that uh and keep it healthy and also so it doesn't become a bigger issue for others yeah um yeah, but yeah, box moth caterpillar is one that uh, I think it isn't going to go away. Um, so it's something that we need to prepare for, uh, and also really be in a place where we can manage it. Um, and it is treatable. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, Top Buxus does some some great products um, themselves. Uh, again, it's professional use Exentari um, itself, but those other stuff out there but if you're going to use something um that's probably the best one uh to go to uh that i've found um so if you've got it second you see feeding you spray that on and and the caterpillars will will die off and uh they, that's bird bee friendly as well so it's also not like it's causing an issue okay uh, with other things which is really good i also want to be aware i think uh as people who work in you know gardens different industries like that we hold a real responsibility to um, help wildlife, uh, help nature. You know, we're managing green spaces um, and we want to be able to draw stuff into those those spaces, obviously. Um, yeah. So obviously products like that really uh, stand out to me. I go, yeah, that's a product I'd uh, recommend the second I see it's, you know, not going to cause more harm to other stuff as well. I think that's a really key. And you know what, as well, I'm seeing a lot more clients actually saying similar, you know, that they're saying, look, we don't want any pesticides put down or, you know, you know, for example, I've, I've got one client um, for next year that they've, they've booked in for two houses that are next door to each, they own both houses, but only live in one of them for mm-hmm. however that actually works. But, um, you know, you could, you went down, I went for the consultation they spoke about that the the driveways get quite weedy, um, and that one of the specific things they said is please no chemicals. So you know, we, yeah, like we're not a fan of them. 
you know, with this, with that, uh, can you please just sort of hand weed? And I says, yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. no worries. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing it a lot more, like I said, through different clients of picking up just people are wanting to stay away from, you know, putting pesticides down and, and sort of, you know, you, you put it down. I mean, I say this and, and I've had lawns killed off to fully renovate them. But at the same yeah. time, when, you know, when the dandelions pop up, you know, it's one mm. of the first things that the bees can feed on, you know, at the start of the year. So it's, it is, I fully understand what you're saying with the responsibility mm -hmm. of it. And I think we do need to be more aware, I suppose, of, of what we're doing. But yeah, by, yeah. by doing that, I honestly think that it'll be more respected by a lot of clients. I, th I don't think anyone would begrudge a gardener turning around and saying, you know, I, I prefer not to do it in that form because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah. With all these things, it's finding that balance of, you know, sometimes there just isn't a product that's going to do what you want to do. So then you need yeah. to think, okay, I'm going to use this this product that's, you know, uh, going to work, but then I also want to use it sensibly um, in a way that's not going to cause masses of damage, you know. Yeah. So it's just figuring out how, how we want to keep moving forward. I know products and, and different things are constantly developing anyway. Um, you know, even mentioning the battery um kit you know that's developed hugely over the last uh few years mm -hmm. uh, itself and even now you know more people are working from home uh, especially since covid uh and i've found it now so many people have asked me oh what what kind of equipment do you use um is it battery uh, something i thought i'd never <laughs> actually have people ask me yeah yeah they go, oh well because i work at home uh, if you're going to be spending you know so eight to ten hours here today um, constantly on a petrol hedge trimmer that's all I'm going to hear you yeah. know, I'm going to hear that that constant ring or that noise um, so they love the fact I can come in and say no look it's uh, battery equipment or hand clipping you know mm -hmm. and they can think fantastic you know I haven't got that that sound always going off so products and things are always developing um, yeah. as well so it's good to always uh, be aware of what's coming out and that's... with pests and diseases it's the same you know uh, there's more pests and diseases and new things coming into the country at different times. You know, things can change. Climate's changing uh, here as well. It's something we have to be aware of, um, especially when, you know, managing things or clipping or whatever uh, it may be. Um, you know, we have to be aware of these things and, and start to to move with what's happening, you know, and be aware of what, what's out there. Yeah. That, that's it because, and it is it's exactly that it's managing the change isn't it and it's it's mm. being adaptive so that when when something does come in we're sort of not so much one step ahead of it but we're just able to be able to retaliate you know effectively yeah. i think is is like the main thing to to go with because if you're not then you're definitely behind the curve yeah exactly yeah um, no you've got to, got to keep up with these things and that's when this sort of stuff works really well so um you know, Instagram, amazing. So we can connect with other people that um, have, you know, a wealth of knowledge and all these different things. Um, and I'm always looking at people or asking people, oh, how have you found this? Or um, have you been having an issue with plants suffering with this this problem? And they'll say, yeah, I've had that issue and I've tried this and it's worked or whatever it may be. You know, it's amazing to be able to um, chuck stuff out that helps one another. You know, that's why yeah. I like these podcasts as well. You know, they're really good to to listen to what other people are doing or how are they running their business or all of this. And I'm constantly learning things myself, even just, just from listening to these, you know? Yeah. 
and, and you know what a time we are living in like I, I actually haven't thought about it that way but you know for us to be able to literally tune into a podcast or to watch a, yeah. a five minute youtube video or be able to have a conversation online regardless of the platform and be able to get an answer that would have saved you months possibly of trying different methods you know yeah. let's just rewind to 100 years ago where you know gardeners were having a very much just trial and error until they got it right and went right that works or just experience you know it mm. seems like the answers are that the answers are there if you're willing to look for them and it's you know i stand by that whether it's a problem that you're having within your business or whether it is something completely different you know, the, yeah. the answer is there somewhere, you know, and there's so many different ways that we can kind of go and, and look into finding it. Um, I think it's a, yeah. a huge thing. Speaking about exactly. the online side then, and how is it that you found with marketing, especially with this big shift that you've done in, you know, dialing your services down to to a niche, to, to a specific uh, type of service? Is there a certain method that you've used to market to be able to, you know, get this running? Has it been Google Ads or has it been word of mouth or has it just been, you know, social media? How's that sort of worked for you? Yeah, so uh, I went through some changes. I used to be called Excelsior Landscaping. Okay. Um, it was originally what I was called um, for a long time. Uh, and I was called that just because it, it covered all sorts of stuff that I did really because I also did a bit of everything, um, which again, I, I really enjoyed. But obviously now I wanted to focus in on the topiary side so that was already a big change because i thought um there's people who um know me as excelsior landscaping if i change to uh, excelsis gardens am i gonna you know lose people <laughs> are they gonna suddenly yeah. go up oh, what's happened there um so i get the branding the same uh same logo so uh brand awareness was already out there mm-hmm. uh, so i changed to excelsis gardens um was one shift I made because it focused a little bit more on, um, you know, gardens rather than, you know, landscaping uh, in that sense. Um, so that was one change I made. Uh, I got a new website up and running. Um, and then uh, social media, Instagram is the only thing I really have used. I've only just recently set up a Facebook page. Um, I haven't uh, paid for any like ads or anything or, uh, stuck anything out there i've simply just um kept it as that and what i found is uh especially with instagram um or any of these social media platforms obviously they have an agenda you know they have uh something that they want you to to put out they may want to take you somewhere uh, yeah. in terms of what they want people to be doing yeah uh, and the content they want you to be sticking out which is good in one sense but in another sense uh, I've found recently, again, with all these changes through social media, sometimes people can uh, really change to just that side of things. Whereas I think people, if you just stick to who you are, um, people will also really appreciate that. You know, yeah. If you can just be, this is who I am. Um, and I want to keep sticking up stuff that, you know, I also really enjoy and I enjoy doing. Uh, I think actually naturally you'll see a lot of growth anyway. It'll come back um, around. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess in one sense, I, I love taking photos. I love taking videos of work. Um, one one reason I, I first started doing it is because 
uh, some of these plants and things I took on, I knew the first time I cut them, it isn't going to be where I want it to be. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be a gradual process uh, and it's going to take time. You know, this is the thing with plants. You can't get an instant uh, look sometimes. Sometimes if a client wants it to look a certain way, I have to say, look, you're on a, a one year, two year or, or three year plan, whatever it may be to get it to that place. Yeah. So with photos, I can take a picture. I can then next time I come around to do it, I can look back at where it was that time and I can begin to see, okay, how is this progressing? Is it, is it progressing where I want it to go? Um, is there certain bits that I need to spend a bit more time on? Yeah. Um, so that was originally when I first started taking like taking photos and videos as well. Sometimes I can watch back and um, just pick up little bits of what I'm doing of, oh, okay, I need to work a little bit on this area or whatever it may be. So I was first doing it mainly to to improve my work, you know, to have a look at what I was doing. Now, um, then Sorry, yeah. just quickly that that shows the power of data handling, doesn't it? Of mm. of being able to track your results. But what really you know sticks out to me there with what you're doing is that you're not just going in and doing a job, getting paid, and going. You know, even if you really enjoyed it and spent all the time in the world there, and going, thank you, I'm off. You're kind of you're doing a progress check, and you're saying, mm. right, twelve month, eighteen month later, you're saying, right, what what's changed within that? Where do I need to work? Where do I need to change things? And I can almost guarantee the part of your growth or how it's working for you so well is because you're being so, um, you know, data-driven by it in the way of you're wanting to genuinely make it better, not just do the job, you know. Yeah. So that really stands out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it's really key, you know. it's uh, It is an important part part of work is making sure we're, um again constantly working on things i know for me like i i don't know it all yet and i never will know it all you know how i'm gonna have yeah. to constantly um need to learn and grow uh myself um so it's something i have to work on you know if i want to uh stand out in the work i do if i want to be um you know keep growing and stand out and, and draw these people in then i need need to keep working on on what i'm doing and that's a really you know good way to do it yeah because uh, you know and even as i said with like the climate you know things are getting hotter and uh, we're having drier spells and then wetter spells and all these things i know we've had this before but it does seem to be something that's um definitely escalating um mm-hmm. to a certain degree um, and all these things set up with buxus uh scorch is a real issue um if you clip it in the the sun um the leaf will just dry out um, quicker than it's getting the water in and it's just going to dry out and turn brown uh, it's not unhealthy for the plant in one sense uh, the plant will respond pretty well to, to scorch but for a period of time it's going to look pretty ugly mm-hmm. um, so again you know I'm looking at okay we're getting really hot summers now uh, I'm getting these spells where it can be really hot um, I need to either be avoiding clipping buxus during that time or what can I do to, to stop it scorching um, so I've got like white sheets that I'll take around with me. Um, I actually got them as a, a restaurant shutting down. Oh, really? And I went, up, I went up to the guy and I said, oh, all your sheets, you know. And he said, yeah, yeah, you can have them. You know, what restaurant are you opening up? I said, <laughs> oh, no, for these plants. Yeah. <laughs> so I get out all these fancy tablecloths and I put them over the plant the second I finish clipping. And that way it just stops the sun getting to them. 
Okay. It, it really does help. You're not not guaranteed to stop it. Um but I'd say eighty percent of the time you're gonna gonna stop it happening. Yeah, it's a system okay. either way, isn't it? Exactly, you know, it's gonna definitely help. Um, what one thing things. that that interests me with with this is that one that you're sort of pushing forward here and you're you're spending a, a lot of time on how you can do your job better. You know, it seems like you're constantly trying to improve. Is that something that, you know, if there's any advice that you could give to someone that's starting out or even if just someone's hit a plateau, is there any <laughs> sort of, is there anything that you, you you think that you've sat down and sort of figured out that you think could be beneficial to, to you know, these, especially new starters, someone that, you know, as we're saying about, you can just reach out there and you can save yourself a lot of time these days with speaking to people that have, you know, experienced, you know, these, these problems and also not just the problem, but the way around it, you know, what mm. would be your sort of best bit of advice that you could give to someone that's, you know, either starting out or they've plateaued through their sort of their line of work? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's such a good question. So many different things you could, could dive into. Uh, I think for me, what's really helped is spending time to really um, figure out where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with my business, what are my goals? What are my aims? And then figuring out a plan. Okay. How can I, how can I get there? And anyone starting out, I just encourage them, you know, give it a go. Yeah. You know, have, have a go at it. Now there's safe places you can give that a go without destroying someone's, you know, beautiful plant. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you need to start somewhere. You know, if you if you don't start at all, you're, you're never going to go. And mm-hmm. uh, there's even a saying. I think they say the person who made no mistakes made nothing. Yeah. You know, you've got to understand that actually mistakes are something that you can can learn and grow from. That's going to really help you um, to to become better at what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah. for me, you know, it's a uh, yeah. What would I say? I'd say just plan well. Um, you know, if it was say say with the topiary, um, you know, I managed to get some voluntary work in. So you know, I wasn't getting paid, but yeah, I was learning um, and also building something there. Uh, I bought a few plants even for home. Um, you know, even if you don't have a garden, you can get little tabletop topiary mm-hmm. uh, pieces, um, and then you can practice on them. You know, you can sit there and have a go, um, and then you can also begin to gauge like, actually, do I enjoy this or is this something that um, you know, I don't really want to do full time, just just part time. Yeah, all these things to begin to work your your way out and figure it out. But if you can have a goal, an aim, and a vision as to to what you want to do, um, it's a really, really good starting point. And then just have a look at what's what steps I want to take take to get there. Even if it's just step one, you know, what yeah. is the first step that I need to take? Um, you don't need to. You know, it can be quite overwhelming starting a business, or it can be quite overwhelming suddenly. Um, when you're in this place of oh, where do I go now? I feel like I'm. Is this it? You know, is this is this all there is uh, with work? You know, it can be yeah. quite a daunting thought at times. So just look at the next step. You know, what what is the next step I can take? Um, you know, to to grow or or step into things and learn from others. You know, there's people that have been doing it for for years and years. There's a lot of people that have been doing it way longer than I have. Um, that I could could chat to i could even just watch their videos you know even if it's someone i can 
uh, necessarily chat to. I could look at their videos and watch what they're doing. Even that, you'll learn so much from. Yeah, I think yeah, it shows that. Really I think it shows that you're never really fully done, are you? I mean, one thing I've kind of took from from that is that there's there's always another step. You know, if you want mm-hmm. there to be, um, if you're feeling a bit bored in your role, or if you're you're feeling in this state of plateau, or if you feel like oh, there should be something more to to my work in life than what I'm currently doing, or I just don't feel like I'm enjoying this, then, mm. you know, sitting sitting down and doing simply just that of going, right, well, w- what's next? You know, yeah, can open exactly. up so many options. And I don't think I've ever thought about it like that. I've just, you know, something comes into my head and I just kind of act on it really, you know. It, yeah. it, I don't often put pen to paper, but it. I do feel like if I did or if so many other people as well just did that, you know, like I say, that aren't enjoying what they're doing, or just they think that there's more to get out of what they are doing, mm. than literally just figuring out what's next. Like I say, I think it yeah. could open up so much. So I think that's yeah. a bit of advice that I make. No, I think yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I say this advice and stuff. Sometimes I think, oh, is that good advice? Is that not? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You know, exactly I, absolutely. Uh, I try and try and share honestly and just. You know, share as much as I can. Sometimes I, I look back at stuff that I thought, oh, this was definitely right. And then I look back and I go, oh, I've changed my mind now. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's part of growing and learning. But also, you know, because I, I think we live in a time where often what you'll say to someone is, you know, if I see another worker or someone, oh, are you busy? You know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, busy. And you go, oh, that's good, um, et cetera. But actually, you know, is busyness, does that mean success? Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't think busyness always means success. You know, if you could earn more money doing less days, surely that's more successful than having to work way more hours just to earn the same amount of money or not as much, you know. Yeah. It just depends what you want to do. And then also making sure I think you get a good work um, to sort of home life balance uh, is really key. That's something that I would say I personally. Uh, can sometimes find hard i'm a bit of a yes man yeah so i can often uh someone will ask can you do this yeah i can do that or yes yes yeah <laughs> and suddenly i think oh, i've taken on way too much you know yeah um, but it's something i'm aware of now it's something i can look back on myself and go actually it's okay to say no you know it's yeah. okay to actually no i can't take that on um or that one's too much you know etc and just just so i can have that that nice balance you know because um, ultimately family is more important to me than my business yeah. you know it's it's um way more important so if if business is always coming first then i've got got an issue there you know yeah um, and i will go through seasons when it's busier and i have to spend a bit more time uh on the business just for a season but if that ends up like that the whole time um it's not going to be healthy for for anyone you know no you're you're absolutely right for sure i think family time is just so important because at the end of the day it's one of the main things that you know it's why we do it you know we're we're in a job to earn money to support family and in the lifestyle that we're in and i think we're all sadly i think we're all guilty of at one point or another prioritizing or not knowingly prioritizing you know being that yes man and, and, and taking on work and before you know it you know i've done it where i've went oh 
now I've lost our all weekend because I, I really need to, need to get this in, you know, and it's times like that where you do stand back a bit and you go, right, where, where's the priorities at? What do I need to change? And I think what you're saying about now that you realise it, that's where, you know, mm. the growth is where you can get that balance and, and you can kind of figure out how to be healthy in both parts, you know, because if the better you are at home, I believe, you know, the better you are at your job. And it, it is a hard, it's a hard thing to get a hold of sometimes when you're tunnel visioned, you know? Oh, exactly. You know, it's funny. I was actually working today with a guy and uh, he, he uh, used to work in a hospital and he said the amount of people that would come in um, who'd had burnouts or, uh, you know, even, even heart issues, yeah. Um, because they had just been so focused on their business and it was always, oh, you need to have this this checked up or, you know, this isn't good for you. Um, They're like, no, no, business first, you know, and just constantly <laughs> focused on business <laughs> until suddenly they had an issue and then they were like, okay, I've got time to to focus on, you know, actually keeping myself healthy as well. Yeah. I <laughs> um, said it's so important, you know, if we if we just focus on, on work, uh, business 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 you know the things around us will will begin to fall apart if i'm honest you know yeah. and even for me just you know we have now got a little uh little boy me and my wife and those early years you know i want to be around as much as i can yeah um and a big part of actually going into the topiary side of it is uh for me i actually quite liked the idea of just booking things in you know they're, they're twice a year uh, I can book it around holidays and things, you know, if you're doing lawns, et cetera. Yeah. During the growing season, it can be very difficult uh, unless you've got people, obviously uh, a team that can keep it rolling. It yeah. can be very difficult to to take time off during the busy growing season. You know, if you take, take a couple of weeks off, that lawn's going to be, be, you know, flying up. Yeah. You know, the clients aren't going to be, you know, going to be thinking, oh, we need a lawn cut. So for me, you know, it just, it just worked well as well with, with my family life and decisions that I was making at this time to say, okay, I'm going to take this step um, and it means I can book, book some time off. Yeah, I think it's a super important thing and it's it's something that I've not, I've, I'll be honest, I, I haven't fully dialed that part in yet. You know, I find the best way I've been able to kind of get through it with the loans and stuff like that as well as have, you know, even a long weekend away you know, I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time I had a full week off of all work, you know, um, it is by making myself very busy beforehand, then very, very busy afterwards. And it's not, yeah. it's not the best way to have it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you do tend to feel it on both ends, you know, it's the rush before you go, then when you're coming back from wherever you've been, you go, oh, now I've got, you know, a few late, late nights ahead of me again. So it is, it's a oh, hard exactly. one to control. Um, I think um, there's a thing they say, like, you can either work from a place of, of rest or work to rest. And yeah. I think if we're working from a place of rest, so much nicer. Otherwise, we get towards the end season where we're just exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, that's hard because you just you need rest. Um, and also for work and stuff, you know, your level of work can start to drop if you're just, your, your body's exhausted, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, it is as simple as that, I suppose, isn't it? It's... It's very true. One thing I want to touch on, Will, and almost congratulate you on is I believe in the social media world, you must be one of the highest followed 
UK gardeners. And uh, I'm not too sure if you know that or if you know anyone that trumps you. Um, but, you know, you're, you're very close to hitting this 44,000 uh, 44, follower count on Instagram. What is very impressive. Well done, August. It says a lot about the type of the one, the work that you're doing and the content that you provide, you know, about that work. Um, if I was just to ask you a couple of questions about that, how have you found that that's sort of taken you this year? Have you found yourself being any busier with the online side alongside the business? Or um, if you, do you get what I mean? Like, mm. if, have you been busier almost posting content or focusing on content at all? Yeah, so, uh, no, again, thanks for that. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of, uh, there'll be other people out there with all, all sorts of following counts. It's always a funny one looking at at followers, but um, also I do feel incredibly blessed again to, um, you know, have, have people that want to follow along the journey, you know. It's a really yeah um, lovely thing that people want to join that. Um, yeah, when it comes to actually, like, managing um, Instagram, you know, I want to keep it as simple uh, in one sense as I can I don't want it to eat up masses of my time if it doesn't have to yeah um, so I said one thing I like to do anyway is just take photos and and videos um, and then I'll quite often in an evening I've got all sorts of different jobs I've done uh, and I'll just get some of those photos ready and I'll put them as drafts on Instagram mm-hmm. so I've probably got in the moment I've got about five or six posts that are ready to go yeah uh, go up and then it means i can get in from work and it just doesn't take long i can literally just stick a post up um that i feel right to put up i can you know put up whatever uh, i want to put in there um caption wise and then it's you know it's good to go yeah uh, on that one obviously as followers have gone up um the amount of comments and you know stuff in my inbox starts to go up and obviously i want to uh Make sure I take time also to to reply um, and chat to people because I'm always massively thankful for those that have spent time, uh, you know, out of their day to to answer some of my questions. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's a limit to to how many I can reply to at once. It's trying to find <laughs> yeah. that balance, you know. Um, but if anyone ever does want to message me or ask me a question, just go for it. You know, I'll give you an honest answer. Um, I'll always be honest and just share whatever knowledge or whatever it is you want to know uh, as best as I can. And obviously, if I don't know, I'll just say, uh, I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, be real uh, about it. That's the thing. So exactly. on that, could you please just share with the audience here where is the best place or what they would have to search to be able to find you on Instagram or any other platforms that you may be on? Yeah, so it's Excelsis Gardens um, on Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, I'm Excelsis Gardens. Um, if you want to have a look, and as I said, have a chat or shoot me a message, whatever it may be. Um, and what was lovely is actually now I get to meet up with other people on Instagram as well. So um, obviously I met you at, at Saltex, and yeah. I've actually worked with some different people off of Instagram as well, where we've done a collaboration on a job, which has also been really fun. Awesome. That is, it's it's one of the best parts about it is being. What I think with the online world is the fact that, you know, there's a community there, even if you are a, a sole trader by yourself, that mm. there is other people. Yeah, they might not be there in person all the time. They might be 600 miles away, 
But, you know, I know there's a good handful of people that I've met over the last couple of years that I know that I can reach out to. And if I was to say to anyone that's just finding this podcast that is not yet fully on Instagram or, or whatever it might be, don't feel any pressure to, to build up this big page or to try and get opportunities and, and stuff like that. You know, if you go on and, and you message people and you're just, you know, true about what you're trying to find out, then there's so yeah. many people in the industry that will, you know, answer that request and, and get back to you and hopefully help you out. So please do that. It's probably yeah, the best yeah, thing I could definitely. recommend. But, um, oh, definitely. but Will, I just want to thank you very much for coming on this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you. I said at the start, for me, it's been a real honour to to jump onto something, you know, I've been listening to and and I think what you're doing is fantastic. So, yeah, thank you very much. No, no problem at all. I think there's a, there's a few, I mean, I've, I've got some notes here of the questions I was going to ask and we were just saying there in between the breaks and stuff that the times just sort of flew through the podcast. Like I, I've asked yeah. barely anything that I was, that I was oh, to ask, but, but it's, it's good. I, I would love to get you on again, you know, at some other point through the winter and, and have, maybe have some topic based, you know, I keep on yeah. speaking about these sort of paneled conversations. So I, I would love to get you back on again and be able to share some ideas with you. Well, I'd honestly, I'd happily jump on. Um, Perfect. Awesome. Right. Well, thank you again then. So, for everyone that's listened in on this week's episode, thank you very much for joining us. It is an absolute pleasure to have you tune in week in and week out. It does mean absolutely everything to it because without you listening, you know, there wouldn't be much point in doing the podcast themselves. So thank you very much for that again. I hope that you've enjoyed it and heard more about Will and the fact that he's been able to go, you know, a good number of years doing a set sort of program of what his services were and then you know, at a point he's been able to go, right, I'm going to make a change. It just shows that it's really not too late to make the business fit more around you and what you want it to be. So I hope you've been able to take a lot away from this. One thing that we'll do is I'll stick all of Will's information down in the show notes. So for example, on Apple Podcasts, if you swipe all the way down at the bottom to the show notes, it'll have a description and then all the links where you can find Will online. But thank you very much for joining us once again, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Take care.